cliffcentral.com. JJ, how are you? There we are. There. I'm very well, thank you. Good. Nice to see you. Can you hear me now? Loud and clear. Yes. yes very good. Yes, lovely. Yeah. Oh, yes. There we I'm are. I'm doing this on my phone because my because my vast uh, array of computer screens is not working today. <laughs> like my stretch limo wouldn't start this morning when I tried to take them to the tech. Don't let me get into my moments <laughs> of fantasy. But nice to hear you all. Nice to see you, JJ. Um, you were obviously also hit by the, the WhatsApp outage last night, which seems to have made some people very, very nervous for a very short time. Um, so, JJ, today we're talking... It, it, it did. I got, I got up really early to do this. Yeah. Because uh, I'm... Uh, I'm, I'm in the Cape, where all cartingers uh, oh. who've been careless are not living. Yes. I'm in Cape Town, and uh, and uh, suddenly, as I say, my computer didn't work. So I'm doing this on my telephone, which is why my background is half a ceiling and half a, a studio portrait given to me by my uh, hotel. Uh, but anyway, let's let's go on with things. I'm 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 going to talk to you about Sudan today, which is uh, a vastly interesting country. All right, so tell us about Sudan because I don't really know a, a huge amount about it, other than it's been very messy since about the, I don't know that well since the dawn of time really, because it used to be the place that the ancient Egyptians used to torment. Uh, and that was thousands of years ago. Uh, it's had a very checkered history. And most recently, um, it's split up into the South Sudan and Sudan itself. They've also got uh, problems there because there are ethnic issues. There are um, there are things going on in Darfur, which we've heard about in the news in terms of refugee camps and people being treated very badly. But give us an overview with the, with your own experience, because I have no doubt that you know more about Sudan than any of us. Well, I've, I've been there, and mm. uh, and uh, it is a very interesting place, hugely interesting. The, Sudan was the largest African country, um, and in 1956, when it ended uh, the rule by Egypt and Britain together, uh, it uh, began a civil war, one of the large, longest civil wars in Africa, between the north and the south. Now, uh, when you say this, this rather irritates uh, Sudanese because the South were mostly Christian, animist, and effectively black uh, Africans. Yes. The North were mostly uh, sort of Arab. And, and when you talk about Arabic uh, Sudanese, they say we're all Africans. You know, we're all together in this. The fact is a million and a half people died in that very long. It was in two batches, the Civil War. Mm-hmm. A million and a half people died and five million people were displaced. Sure. Um, and uh, eventually the African Union, which had stood by colonial boundaries. They had to do this, they believed, in order the organization of African unity, its predecessors certainly believed that it's the only way of avoiding absolute confusion. So they made this exception in allowing the South Sudanese to vote, and indeed they voted to secede. So the South Sudanese um, are, uh, that was in 2011, uh, when, when they seceded, they got most of the oil Mm-hmm. The fact is, though, that you cannot get the oil out of South Sudan unless it goes through Sudan. Mm-hmm. So the Sudanese have retained an element of control over it. Now, the Sudanese were run by uh, Omar al-Bashir for 30 years, mm-hmm. and he was overthrown by a public uh, disorder, effectively, 
public demonstrations in 20, uh, 2019. And he's currently serving a term in prison, uh, a, a sort of country club jail, it has to be said. But whether he gets handed over to the uh, International Criminal Court is, is now a, a moot because uh, they want him. They have indicted him for war crimes in Darfur, again, a place right. where millions were killed. In, in, and that's in the western province. Now, I've been to Darfur a couple of times, too. And uh, it, it, to see the way people live there is just uh, it's absolutely parlous. But they, 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 uh, the way they try to suppress the Darfurans who believe that they had been marginalized, this is always the case. Mm-hmm. There's currently another uh, situation with people being maybe marginalized, and they have actually blocked Port Sudan blocked off Port Sudan so that fuel, medicine, wheat is not getting in, and then it's going to be a dire situation. No, no, JJ, so sorry. We have when, a country when, that, that has more than its share of problems. But I hadn't finished on Darfur. Uh, they tried to, to, to secede. They haven't done so. They've set up a deal. South African troops were among the peacekeepers there, and um, and certainly Thabo Mbeki, as president, was among the people trying to mediate a deal there. Uh, but in, in the suppression was so uh, severe that the International Criminal Court has indict, indicted Omar al-Bashir, then president, for uh, war crimes. And that was what caused the problem when Omar al-Bashir arrived in South Africa for an AU summit. Mm-hmm. You'll remember that a couple of years back, where he was spirited out before the International Court's uh, order and and a South African court order resulting from that uh, could have him held. The order of anybody who is signatory to the International Criminal Court is bound by law to hold somebody wanted and turn him over to the criminal court. So you, you mentioned Port Sudan, and I actually had to check a map myself because somewhere in my head I've always thought, well, Sudan is this huge desert of a country. I mean, the south of Sudan, now a separate country, is actually not like that at all. It's 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 quite well forested, and it's got completely different uh, climate and a completely different ecosystem. But they do also have a strip of of coastline along the Red Sea, and that's obviously where Port Sudan is. But the the capital Khartoum, that's an interesting place too, isn't it? You know, it, it's really. To, 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 to answer that question about the diversity, it's one of the most geographically diverse com- countries in Africa. It's also the second biggest the, uh, country in Africa, right? The? I think it's either the second or the third biggest country in South Af- in, in, in Africa. It, it's now the third. It was okay. the largest before South Sudan seceded, right. and now it falls behind uh Algeria and the DRC. Algeria is literally twice the size of South Africa. Sudan also has a population less than South Africa, as <laughs> do all the well, except to the DRC. But uh, yeah, so it's number three. Now Khartoum, and then there's the sort of a, a, a mirror city just across the Nile, Omdurman, uh, and uh, Khartoum is the place where the Blue Nile and the White Nile uh, converge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you take a boat, uh, a, a small boat uh, along that thing, you literally see a line in the water and the two Niles are, are, are different colors, like, but then they move up and, and then obviously into Egypt. 
uh, and Port Sudan is up the way, up, up the Nile River there. Um, but, you know, I remember walking around Khartoum and there was this beautiful hotel and uh, I thought I'll pop in there. I didn't think for a moment I'd get a beer or a scotch or anything. Yeah. So I thought I'd go and sit there and have a cup of tea and look at the river roll by. And I walked in and uh, somebody said, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm a visitor and I'm wanting to have a cup of tea. And they said, you'll never get that here at the headquarters of the Chinese Africa Oil Company. <laughs> <laughs> ah, is that what's going on? And that's, I mean, the, every, virtually every drop of oil uh, that Sudan was producing at that time, I don't know if it still is the case, was going straight to China, hmm. straight to China. And I'm sure that a lot of it still does. Um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big city, and it's, of course, just uh, where, where the hotel I was looking at was just a few hundred meters from where Gordon of Khartoum in 1885 was uh, besieged and then beheaded, a very famous uh, part of uh, British uh, colonial history. Yeah. But Gordon of Khartoum. Uh, and and uh, there, there's uh, museums that are very interesting. Uh, you can go and you can, we used to be able to look at parts of the presidency, you know, that were open to the public. Um, at the moment, Sudan is run by a, a transitional group uh, because after the fall of Omar al-Bashir, uh, the people took to the streets and the army put them down very vigorously mm. uh, and very cruelly until finally a peace was made and they have the... Uh, freedom, uh, they call it the transitional body, justice and equality movement and the Sudanese liberation movement, the two of them filling in uh, in this uh, federal group. Uh, they've now split, the rebels have now split, as though the country doesn't have troubles enough. But the military and the civilians are ruling the country in, in, in league. And uh, then, of course, what happened was last month they had an attempted coup Mm-hmm. Now, that attempted coup was put down. They believe it was some Bashir loyalists who were responsible for that, as were uh, other some military, some of the disaffected military, but it was a, a combination of the two. And um, it, it mirrors really, uh, Gareth, the uh, problems in the Horn of Africa. Yeah. Because, as you know, uh, Sudan is involved very much in what is happening in Ethiopia wants to mediate. I suppose, you know, the, the, the Ethiopians have a point that perhaps if you've got your own problems sorted out, you might be in a better position to mediate here. And, of course, Sudan is part of the Riparian, uh, the Riparian countries, mostly with Egypt and Sudan, who um, are objecting to the uh, Grand Ethiopian Renaissance Dam, which you and I are uh, perfectly permitted to call the GERD, eh? Right. And, uh, and, and <laughs> so, so it's part of that. So it's essentially, it's, it's pivotal in, in uh, what is happening in the Horn of Africa and uh, the, the, the troubles it's going through now. Again, Port Sudan being blockaded by this group, tribal group who believe they've been marginalized with Darfur never fully settled with the international community. There were years when the international community uh, boycotted and blockaded uh, Sudan. Mm-hmm. So they come and, and of course it was from that United States terrorist. It's come off that. Uh, so, you know, things should be looking up. 
But every time it takes a faltering couple of steps forward, it takes uh, a very tragic couple of steps backwards either. Yeah, not the most stable place in the world. Um, so so what, are their, what are their major exports? What do they do? I mean, how's their economy basis? Uh, what's, what's their economy based on? Sorry. Well, of course, oil, moving oil from South Sudan, it was a very oil-based economy. And there's a good bit of uh, a, a, a great deal of agriculture mm-hmm. and uh, herding, uh, that sort of thing. So they, they, they sell food to Egypt and they sell food to the neighboring countries. You know, it has uh, uh, Chad, um, uh, let me think, Chad, Central African Republic, uh, Libya, and mm-hmm. Egypt has made main uh, neighbors, and uh, it sells food to all of them. But again, when they have when they have these problems, there's, there's a fair bit of manufacturing, and then of course crafts and that kind of thing. There's a lot of cottage industry there, uh, and and that all uh, sorts around Omdurman and uh, Khartoum. Interestingly, Sudan has more pyramids than Egypt, quite a few more. Really? So it's all part of the, the old, the ancient Nile kingdom. So when, the, when huh. you go to visit Sudan, they will, they, with great pride, take you to show you streams and streams of pyramids, not all the size of the, the great pyramid of you know, Giza, but nevertheless, they, they, hmm. they have many more pyramids than Egypt has. That's pretty amazing stuff. Well, thank you so much, JJ. Very, very good to have you on. And uh, as always, fascinating from, from Sudan to uh, the next one. We've, we've spoken about Eritrea, Ethiopia. We've spoken a little bit about Nigeria. Um, I wonder who should be next on our agenda. Um, when, when you, when, are there any countries in Africa that you really desperately want to go to, especially now as travel opens up again that you haven't yet gone to? I want to visit the, I want to visit the, um, Westmore, you know, the Francophone countries. Hmm. And, and the country that I'd like to look at in detail is Senegal, because it's a country that, I mean, I think disappointingly falls in, uh, with France, you know, hmm. sort of lockstep with France. Um, uh, in terms of the Western Sahara, yes. which uh, is, you know, by my passion. And so they don't take a sympathetic line to the Western Sahara. But it also is a country which, in, in, in terms of morality, punches way above its weight in the way we did shortly after democracy arrived here. So right. it's country, it's a small country, it's a, uh, uh, population is low, it's not a rich country, but when it speaks... In, in, certainly in Europe and at the United Nations, people sit up and, li- and listen. So it has a history of, of struggle, uh, an honorable one. And, um, uh, you know, as, I'd like to see why it has that influence in Africa. Very good. Well, JJ, that's all we got time for this morning. But thanks again for your time. This is brought to you by the Johannesburg Business School. And you can find out more about the continent that we inhabit, the continent where we have all our neighbors, and what those neighbors are all about. Today was all about Sudan. Thank you, JJ. Nice to see you. There we are. Au revoir.